So today,、uh, Hebrews、uh, chapter two. If we could turn there,、um, Hebrews chapter two, and、uh, just before we pray,、um, yes, we're going through ten through eighteen today. Ten through eighteen. That's the, that's the goal.、Uh, welcome everyone at home. Uh, who are watching right now?、Uh, may this word also go with.、It. Get your Bibles out at home as well. Hebrews, ten、uh, verses ten to eighteen here in chapter two. Why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We we thank you for the gift of salvation,、uh, knowing full well that by the faithfulness of Christ and what He has done, that He partook of the same flesh, that He died the big death, that He gives us life, so that we are set free、uh, from the、uh, from eternal condemnation and sin, Lord. Uh, bless us in, in this promise and this deliverance given to us by your grace, and, and lead us, O Lord, always in, in your mercy. Lord, for all these things, we're thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, continuing on here,、uh, when it comes to the founder of salvation, here in chapter two,、uh, we see right there in verse ten and following,、uh, continually the description of Christ and and who He is for us. Again, context-wise. Uh, the writer is doing what? He is trying to encourage the the Jewish Christians、um, of the true faith that is Christ. He is、uh, the founder of salvation,、um, and there is no one else.、Uh, and you, you've noticed uh, uh, during the lectionary, I will be preaching on Hebrews all throughout, just because we are studying it as well. So. Um, interesting.、Uh, next week, I think we'll get to Moses, but、uh, interesting reading in chapter three as well as we preach on it today about that confidence,、um, preparation, and confidence. What an important thing it is for everyone, right?、Um, especially for te- I think for teachers too. You know, preparing、uh, for their curriculum, and、um, yeah, that's what I. That's what all. That's all I do is prepare. I think <laughs> in so many different ways. Everything's preparing. So, anyways,、uh, yeah, there's something about confidence. You know, you can't go in there just willy nilly. Oh, Carrie's here. All right, I didn't notice. And uh, uh, but you, you go in, <laughs> you go in confident. You go in, and that confidence is being ready with the curriculum. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, the teachers here don't just wing it. Because I know winging it is the most terrifying thing in life for my. Well, that's a different winging it. You know, that's not a, you know, that's not the same. That's kind of a different dynamic there, where you have no choice at times. But uh, anyways, uh, but here,、uh, why, why doesn't someone read verse ten for me? Verse ten. All right, so it is fitting. Where, where do we see this word in the Bible? It is fitting. I know that's like one, two, three words, but any anyone have a quick little like? Oh yeah, that's right. Exactly. So.、Um, That's Saint John the Baptist, right? And Jesus, right before his his baptism of Jesus, it is 
fitting or it is right to fulfill all righteousness, right? This is fitting. And, and this is St. John the Baptist saying, uh, I'm not worthy to even untie the sandals of your feet. Uh, but what does Jesus say? It is fitting uh, uh, to fulfill all righteousness. And this is right before his own baptism. Now, it is fitting here and it is fitting then before his death upon the cross. Uh, we see that picture of what it means to believe in Jesus, that he, uh, he existed uh, by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory, Right? And that is, um, again, that is um, all the faithful. Uh, should make the founder of the salvation perfect, perfect through suffering. Um, what does that mean? Perfect through suffering. When we speak of Jesus as the one who suffered for us, we were made perfect through suffering. Now, again, um, why is this, when we talk about the founder of our salvation, why is this radical to the Jews and the Greeks? Why do you think this is radical in a sense where, you know, many people saw the crucifixion, the cross as what? As foolish, right? Uh, Why did people see the cross as foolish, do you think? Why do you think they saw it as foolish to believe in a king, a so-called king, who would bloody himself and be humiliated by the world? Uh, how, how could this bring salvation? Now, when we talk about true kings, uh, by the human eye, it is one who wields the sword and who has the authority, and they'll never be on that cross, right, uh, by human standards. Uh, but when we talk about Jesus, again, going back to it is fitting, John the Baptist saying, I'm, I'm not worthy uh, to even untie your shoes or your sandals. Again, this is the radical picture of Jesus being baptized, that is, standing in man's place, proclaiming to all the world that he has come to be the Savior of the world, and there, by that work of salvation, would be not um, uh, the people uh, in the triumphal entry, Hosanna, Hosanna, right? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They wanted a different king. No, this king was the one who would suffer to perfect us by his perfect suffering upon the cross. And, and, and for the Hebrew Christians, for the Jewish Christians, this is, uh, again, unique uh, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The very uniqueness that they were continually wavering from as they were falling from the faith. Right? So when we talk about being perfect through suffering, and again, how does this connect to us in our suffering? Anyone? When you suffer, I think we, we, re- we, we went through this during uh, Christ and Calamity in that book by Dr. Sengpal. And uh, what is it about in our suffering where we are... Well, Christ understands what we're going through because he's already done it. Yes, and he went through the suffering ultimately by being nailed to the cross and dying for the sins of the world, right? So when we talk about perfect through suffering, yes, Jesus perfected us, but even in our suffering, there uh, we are always connected. How? Emily is uh, celebrating her baptismal birthday here, uh, and I know she, she's our, uh, as of now, she's our confirmand uh, starting her first year, uh, and she's already um, ready to go and doing all the homework and everything, and... Uh, you know, it is, 
It is that gift of the, of the baptismal life where we are connected to Christ that even in the midst of our own suffering, there we are connected to Christ's suffering and what he has finished and overcome for us over sin and death. Right? So you definitely see uh, that connection here because Christians do suffer. You and I suffer in so many different ways, degrees, angles, in so many which ways. And how do we deal with that suffering? Uh, through the one who perfectly suffered for us. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, yes, your notes. Though the cross was seen as foolish, this is from last week, sorry, or two weeks ago, and human reason would be caught up in bewilderment, Jesus' crucifixion was the way of the author and finisher of faith, Hebrews 12. Too. So, anyways, uh, this is the salvation story. Again, this is, uh, again, not as what is seen in movies, right? Uh, when it comes to Victory, when it comes to being number one, it's always uh, uh, about some picture of glory, of human glory. No, our glory is of the cross, the theology of the cross. And this is, this is the picture of what that looks like. Radical it is, right? Uh, that we would see a bloodied Christ on the cross dying, and there we would see victory. That just doesn't equate with human eyes. But yet there we are perfected through the one who is faithful for us to the end. But what if the movie is the passion of the Christ? Yes. Yeah, it's... It didn't look like a lot of fun to Oh, it's not fun. It was, I mean, dying on the cross was um, gruesome. It was painful. Um, but the point is, I think, is that in that suffering, there we see Jesus standing in our place, and washing away our sins by his very blood. And that is where the victory is had. Um, now, if you ever have time to watch the Gospel of John, that's also a good, uh, a good movie about uh, his death and resurrection. So I like that one. It's very dry. It's very dry. But um, some say that's my personality, too. So, hey, it fits. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyways, I don't want to talk about too much of my home life. But I'm a very silly guy at home. You should see. Very different. You don't even want to know. Anyways, um, don't ask my daughter. Anyways, or my, or my children. Uh, but anyways, verse 11. Verse 11. Uh, if so, could read that for me. Verse 11. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. All right. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. All right. So... Um, you know, in your notes, I said in the Old Testament, God, that's not what I meant. Uh, what I meant was, and I crossed that out on mine too, what I meant, the Old Testament law, I guess, was, would be a better word, sorry for that, was the source of holiness for all people. Uh, Moses, again, would be the mediator between God and man, right? Uh, so when we talk about sanctification, uh, they would use uh, mediators, even um, the priests, right, in the tabernacle. This would be the way that people were sanctified or, or made holy. But what does this all point to? It, does it just stop there and say, oh, yeah, sanctification, Old Testament. There's nothing that connects to the New Testament. No, it, it always looks forward to Jesus, the true one, sanctified, being made holy. We sing it, the Sanctus, holy, holy, holy in the liturgy. Uh, and there uh, we see the question, uh, who has sanctified you? And that is the founder of your salvation, Jesus Christ. Right? You are holy. You are. All by the one who has made you holy. Right? 
Um, because this is what God gives to you by his son. This is what you need to hear time and time again. Trust me, because the flip side of you giving to the Lord in a sense of you actively playing a role to earn your salvation, just like the gospel text today, is a very prevalent thought, even in Christianity. Uh, because at the end of the day, our answer would be what? What makes you holy? And Jesus, the sacraments. What are the sacraments? Is that what you are giving to the Lord? No, it's what God is giving to you, right? Sorry, my wife says sometimes I get a little too into it. I always have the pulpit voice, Nancy. Even in my videos, if you see him, she's like, my wife's like, yeah, that one's, you got into it on that one a little bit too much. I'm like, I know I'm all alone too recording this. I don't know what goes on in my, anyways, I just imagine people here. That's what I do. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, but here we see, um, again, um, you know, when we talk about holiness, it's what God gives to you. That's why, for me, the beauty of Lutheranism is, is it's everything about God and what he gives to you by his grace. Uh, that's where our holiness is. That's like, at the end of the day, my confidence, knowing that even when my world is falling apart, even when I'm living in the gray and latter days and I'm suffering in all the temptations that the devil has on me, the only confidence I have is in the founder of my salvation who has sanctified me by his blood. Right? Because the devil is accusing each and every one of us in so many different ways. He might accuse you. He might point you to your works. He might point you to the world. He might tempt you so that you completely turn away from God. But when it comes to your guilt and your sin, what sanctifies you is the very word, and that is your confidence. And this is what, they are, this is what the writer is telling the Hebrew Christians. It's not Moses, right? But Moses is pointing to Christ the fulfillment of all things. And that is the founder. It's not Moses. It's not the mediators of the Old Testament. All of them were great, of course. They all had a, a piece in this looking forward to what is to come in Christ. But your sanctification is all of one source, and that is of the Lord, right? Your being made holy, sanctification being made holy, is, um, is of the Lord. So this is uh, another great picture of... of uh, yeah, well, that concluding thing, uh, that concluding line there uh, in verse 11, um, that, is why, that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. So Jesus, the Lord, not ashamed to call them brothers. What does it mean to be a brother? Part of the family. So part of the family means starts with an A, ends with an N. could be autumn or something, right? <laughs> Adoption. You should go to, uh, I love the clicking wheel on um, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, Pat Sajak and uh, Vanna are just timelessly unaged. They, I think they look the same. Anyways, okay, so uh, adoption, all right? So this is the picture of adoption. Again, perfect through suffering. Adoption, uh, this, is, this is Jesus who, in that adoptive word, calls them brothers. Again, when we talk about adoption as a clear uh, picture of sanctification, in, adoption, in, the, in the worldly adoption process, does, who has the say in where they are going to a family? 
It's not the child, right? The child doesn't choose. I don't believe that's the truth. I don't believe the child just has a catalog of what parents they want. I want that one. <laughs> like, no, it, it's set up for them, right? It is, it is organized for them by the, by the institution and the program. And, and there they are brought into a family, right? That is, that is like the picture of a little child. And, and in the same way, we see the adoption of God's grace that we are of one source, sanctified, and by that founder of salvation, adopted into his grace. Again, why is that important? Because it's not about what we give to the Lord in a sense of our salvation, which the Hebrew, Hebrew Christians, the Jewish Christians, that was their great kind of back and forth, right? Is, is the law, is that confusing the law and the gospel is earning my way to salvation and failing to see what true adoption is all about. That is always about the sole source of giver, and that is our Lord. Um, and this is uh, what, again, is described as, as Jesus and what he has done for us. That is why he is not ashamed. Why is that important? Shame. What is shame? Anyone? What is shame in a nutshell? Oh, yeah, you, Genesis Bible study. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, it's nakedness. It's inadequacy. It's being fallen short to the glory of God. Um, what does that say? Not ashamed. That means we are reconciled by the very work of Christ. There is no shame in a sense where Christ has covered us and has reconciled us to God by his very blood, right? And there you see that oneness. Question, yes? I know Carrie has a question on point, but just so that I don't forget mine, um, when you talk about shame, the um, converse of that would probably be like being proud of somebody as opposed to being ashamed of them. And so in a way, it's neat to think that as that Christ rejoices and God rejoices when we become adopted. And you could almost say that, that he's not proud of our actions, but proud of the, the, the fact that we have accepted that because we're chosen and... It's like it's, my mind is getting it mixed up, but it just seems like the joy that the Bible talks about that God has for those who are saved, it, we can take comfort in that, knowing that it's, there's not just the uh, not being ashamed, but it goes like one step further. Yeah, I mean, uh, before we get to Carrie's comment, before she forgets, her question as well. Um, She's younger. She won't. Well, trust me, at my age, I forget everything. Anyways, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, what were we talking about again? That's exactly. So, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but adoption, you know, it, it's, it's, it's God uh, having great joy as he sees Christ. He sees Christ in you. He sees the one who answers for you by his justifying work upon the cross. That, that is the picture of the opposite of being shamed. Again, in their shame, what did Adam and Eve do? They sowed, sowed these 
fig leaves together because they wanted to hide. They saw their nakedness and, and their eyes finally opened and said, okay, we, uh-oh. Now this is shameful. Again, covered by the blood of the Lamb. And, and that's how the Lord sees you. You know, he, you're covered. Um, Isn't that kind of what we do with sin? We cover it up so nobody else knows about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where shame comes in. Oh, yeah. It's, remember um, that TV show, America's Most Wanted or Unsolved Mysteries? Those were like the scariest TV shows, by the way. Especially Robert Stack and Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, that theme song was just like, when I was a kid, I'm like, because they're unsolved, right? So you're like, wait, <laughs> where are they, right? Anyways, but uh, I don't know why I brought that up. But um, I don't know why I brought that up, really. You were, we were talking about something. Joy, I think. Karen, <laughs> jump in quick. Anyways, yes, segue, yes. Regarding martyrs' comment, I, the word God being proud trouble, troubles me a little. I, I like joyful, I like loving, and yet he does say, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. So in a proud, way, proud Christ who's joyful who, who, he sees, who he sees Christ in us, but anyway, my other point was there's a, a note in my Bible here regarding this, this text. And uh, so it says, because the Father adopts us through Jesus, Jesus and Christians have God as their Father. Um, Jesus, as a true human being, shares descent with us from the one human father, Adam. Not ashamed to call us brothers regarding that. Jesus is ready to confess before the Father and call all creation that believers in him are truly his family. I don't know, I like to think, I like how it said that, that, um, that Jesus shares our humanness as a descendant um, of Adam and calls believers in him his family. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of advocating-type language, right? That like Jesus is our advocate, right? So it's Jesus who kind of is the one who answers for us, and we see that answer by his words of the cross. Um, and, and that's why we are his own, remember, so that we may be his own. Why did he do this in the catechism? So that I may be his own and live in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, right? So, you know, what we talk about our works and what we've done, um, that is not something that makes us righteous, but it's from the fruit of the tree, from the vine to the branches that has already made us righteous, who answers for us. And there you're my child. Adoption, baptism, you know, Emily, you know, she didn't give and commit her life to the Lord and decide on this herself. By the mystery of God's grace, she was called into his name, right? Just like um, Aaron over there, who... um, me and him, we'll, we'll get along one day, but uh, uh, God loves him, you know? God loves him, and uh, 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 he called him to be his own. So baptism isn't just a, uh, what is it? It's not just a ritual that we, oh, this is great, right? This is actually God working in each and every one of you. Even when you watch a baptism, it's a reminder of what God has done for you in a sense of how he has claimed you, right? This is God who is doing the work. Remember, this is, again, for the Jewish Christians, for us, you and me, it's very easy to confuse that because we're taught in, in, in a different way in this world, 
It's all about you. That's what the world says. Is, am I right? Like, it's all about you. Like, everything's about you. Like, social media is about you. Uh, the news is about you. Everything's about you, and it revolves around you when, in fact, the word says, no, this is Christ. World religion is about you, but when it comes to Christ, it's about for you and what he has done for you as he answers for you as your one who has gathered you, dying for the sheep, gathering you into the flock by his very blood, reconciling you to be a brother, to be part of the family. And that you are, because Jesus is the founder of your salvation. Okay, um, now we're going through these Messianic Psalms. Verse 12, if someone could read that for me. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. All right, so we continue on with this brotherly, you know, this, uh, this brotherly type love uh, Jesus is. And the Hebrew writer uses uh, Psalm chapter 22 here as the reference. But in that Psalm 22, here we see that reference of Jesus in a sense of pointing to Christ. I will tell your name to my brothers. And, and this name um, is, is the one who came to the world to die for their sins. You will name him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. Um, and these two, my brothers, are the called ones. Uh, they're uh, covered by his grace. And in the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. What is true praise, friends? Is it because the Rams win the Super Bowl? Is that why? Actually, Pete would like the Vikings, I think. But um, I don't think so this year. They look a little... Mm. Sorry, Pete, if you ever see this. But, uh, uh, but what, what, what is praise? What is the source of our praise? <clears throat> Why do we praise the Lord? Like, what is the, um, <clears throat> yeah, what's the grounding motivation, the foundational motivation of praising the Lord? Is it because we won the lottery? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's right, right? You know, do you, and that's, like, do you think people praise the Lord only based on, only based on circumstance sometimes? Like they fail to see the, the root and it's just a circumstantial thing. Like, and that's only when they pray. Like, does that make sense? And, and this is very different. It's not just circumstance. It's, it's root. It's promise delivered. It's Jesus and his body and blood on the cross. That even when things seem to be going awry in life and, and you're just overcome with the suffering that you might face, the praise to the Lord doesn't change because that ultimate praise is King David says, uh, when it looked like he was going to be killed, he says, uh, Lord, whether you save me or not, I, I shall still uh, praise you in your name. Yeah. I think that's when Saul was chasing him. Yeah. Well, everyone was after him with Saul, right? Um, and, and, this is the, and this is the point, is that uh, they will praise your name, that is, the, the name above all names, that is, the Lord God, Yahweh, the one who would uh, save them from their sins, and this is the object of our praise, right? That's why when we speak of those things in life where, as Christians, we don't know why things, tragedies happen, but it will never deter us from saying praise the Lord because our praise is rooted in the gospel and what he has done for us. Because remember, the gospel brings to us eternal life and forgiveness. And this is key when it comes to our certainty and assurance. Again, uh, verse 13. We'll do a couple more here. Verse 13. If someone could read that. <clears throat> and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, 
All right. I will put my trust in him. Again, a reference to Isaiah 8, verses 17 to 18 in the Old Testament. Again, <clears throat> we continue to see this going back to the Old Testament uh, 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 as a referral just for these people especially. But it shows, I will put my trust in him, right? As a messianic kind of picture, uh, Jesus trusts uh, the will of God. Remember uh, what happened uh, at Gethsemane? Um, he was sweating like drops of blood for the agony that was to come that is of the cross. Um, just as we talked about earlier in our sermon about trust and surety and confidence, uh, can I trust Don? Oh, you don't let me finish. <laughs> For my salvation. Can I trust Jeff? I don't know why I said Jeff that way. <laughs> I mean, who can I, can I trust? Can, I, can Carrie trust herself for her salvation? No, I mean, Jesus shows us that faithfulness as he trusted the will of God. I mean, you know, Rob said, you know, the passion of the Christ. And, and the thing is that people saw Jesus on the cross, you know, a lot of moviegoers, and they would so center on the, the sadness of that cross. But remember, this is the will of God. Not, it's not like Jesus was... Like, oh, I'm betrayed in the hands of men. What do I do? No, he willingly said what? He said, let us go. The hour is at hand, right? He was ready to go to die for the sins of the world. And he very well knew, and again, this is Jesus, the ultimate trust. Because you and I know, Tara and I, Tom, Miga, even Miga, um, we know how we put our trust in ourselves, right? Uh, that's, our, that's our human way, is to put trust in ourselves, when in fact it's Jesus uh, who shows us what this true trust is, and that is his word as the flesh dying for the sins of the world. This is that picture of our founder, founder of salvation. Behold, I and the children God has given me. Why don't we read John 17, 6 real quick, if you have your Bible, John 7, or your phone. John 17, 6. Um, yeah, it's interesting how technology progresses. It went from Bible, and then you get those tabs for your Bible, right? And now it's just a phone app that you just click on whatever and you're there immediately. <laughs> but uh, John 17, 6, um, which is cool to have that accessibility um, on the phone if you need it in an emergency. Um, but um, 17, 6, if someone could read that for me. All right. So we see that picture of, again, uh, Jesus' high priestly pair. I don't know. That's one of my goals is to memorize John 17. <laughs> I think I could do it. It'll just take a couple years for me with my... Mm, I pray for this mind all the time. Anyways, uh, but uh, what a great prayer that is as it shows us here from John seventeen six here to behold I and the children God has given me. This is... Jesus' prayer, right? Uh, uh, this is what uh, God has, has called him to do, to die for the sins of the world, right? Um, why don't we read John 10, 29 as well, John, since we're there, if you have it, John 10, 29. Uh, 
My Father, who has given them all, given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. All right. Um, so what does that mean? This is what God has done for us, and no one can snatch us out of his hand. And, and this, is, this is our comfort and peace uh, by what Jesus has done for us. Um, this is the picture of that relationship that we have, in a sense, where uh, what God has done, um, he delivers and he has given to us uh, our salvation in Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, I bless the children every week, right? Um, and I look at them, and um, some of them smile, some of them chuckle. Some of them are super serious, right? Just, just like, I'm like, whoa, you're serious. <laughs> Others are like trying to hide their smile. They're like <laughs> trying to be serious. But, you know, honestly, that's probably one of, uh, I think, uh, you know, that childlike faith, uh, but also the words of Christ, um, how good it is to be them, to hear those words time and time again. I, I never heard those words when I was little. Um, I wasn't in the Lutheran church, so I, it was more like just sitting in the pew and doing that, um, which is great. But I never got those blessings, right? So it, it's just interesting uh, to, to see that whole picture of children of God, Jesus, and how he has gathered the flock, uh, including uh, the little ones who need to hear the words of Christ. So um, that's, that's just something I think uh, is a mirror of us as we are his children, depending on his grace. Um, okay. Oh, five minutes. <laughs> oh, we have ten if I want to. Anyways, but, <laughs> you know, they say optimists, uh, procrastinators are the most, not procrastinators, but those that put too much on their plate are the most optimistic people in the world. Because they think they're going to get it all done. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't. That's right. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Everybody at a buffet is an optimist. Oh, buffets used to. That's right. It's been a long time. Anyways, uh... <laughs> anyways, verse fourteen. If someone could read that, verse fourteen. Okay, so since therefore the children share in faith and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same thing. So what, what, what are the same things? What are the same things? What is, he, what is the writer talking about here right now? What is partaking of the same things in, terms, in regards to Jesus? He partook of the... He became flesh and blood. Yes, yes. Begotten of the Father... Uh, there he was flesh and blood, uh, and there of God in the flesh, there he partook of the same things. Now, think about that, right? Why did he become part of the same thing of flesh and blood? To do this very thing. Who does that as God? Like, that is, that is a radical way that is beyond our human reason, that the one true God would become one of us only to die the most humiliating death upon the cross. That, in our human world of glory and all that we bring to the table, it just does not compute with our human 
ideal. But yet, this is our Lord. And because of who he is, he takes upon the same things. Think about that, right? You know, Advent is coming up very soon. I can't believe it already. And uh, we, we, we go through the, the, the anticipation of Christ and, and then uh, the birth of Christ, of, of course, uh, and the joy of that um, as we sing the songs, the hymns of all the ones that we know. But again, in that flesh, the same things Jesus took only to do what? It says right there that through death he might destroy the one. You know, I know for all you young families out there, there was a movie called Wreck-It Ralph. Anyone? Wreck-It Ralph? The, uh, John C. Riley, the voice of uh, the big guy. What's his name? Ralph. Oh, Ralph. Yeah, sorry. Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, it's not that funny. <laughs> at, the end of the, at the end of the movie, very messianic his work was, right? Like, he, he, he jumped off the thing to, I forgot what it was, but he died for the sake of this little girl uh, to save the whole kingdom of the video game. And, you know, and when I saw that for the first time, I'm like, oh, that's exactly, uh, even, even more, first and foremost, is the suffering of Christ. That in the same way, he took upon the flesh to suffer, and what is his goal? To die, right? That's his mission, to die, Right? Uh, and, and do what right there? It says that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power over death. So again, this would harken back to the Passover lamb as the, the Jewish Christians would hold so dear in the Exodus that through the slaughtering of an animal, they would be saved. By the death of an animal through that sacrifice, they would be saved as they would go on that Exodus, right? And here, ultimately, it is the death of Christ who... By his very death, what does it say? What is, the, what is the goal? That he destroys the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. Right? So, when we talk about death in itself, apart from Christ, what is that picture? Apart from Christ. Not with Christ. But let's say you don't believe in Jesus. You're what? Dead, you're that's, oh, that's the Cliff Notes version of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Remember the cliff notes? Teachers always knew. Not that I knew that they knew, but they always knew when you had the cliff notes. They're like, yeah, that's a little too, too cliff notey. Anyways. Everybody's uh, answers in the class were worded exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but but without, apart from Christ, uh, death, what is that picture of death apart from Christ? Terrifying. Terrifying because the gates of hell is your next... Well, you don't, you don't think that necessarily. If you don't believe in Christ, That's right. you just, you die and then there's nothing. It's, you're done, like Nancy was saying. So how does that shape your life right now, if that's the case? You only live once, so go for it. Oh, YOLO, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, so when we speak of through death, the, the power of death is destroyed. You and I both, we see life and death in a totally different way, right? You know, as I say, we have three, three of our shadow members at 97 years old right now. That's a good run, 97. I, that's amazing, right? How God continues to sustain them. And they, and they endure. 
through these times. It's, it's not easy, trust me, to deal with the body at 97. But they continue to endure, um, what were we talking about? All by, oh, death, that's right. Uh, oh, wait, no, you know what I mean. Uh, um, that whether you're 97 or 17 or even seven years old, our picture of death is the same, that we have life right now in his name. Does that make sense? It, it, all because the power of death has been destroyed by the one who swallowed up death by his very own victory at the cross. It, and that's what shapes us. So when we think of life, it's a, it's a very different picture, especially during COVID. Right? I don't know about you, but I think the fear of death was magnified during COVID because it was real, or it is real. right? Uh, but for us, um, though we don't test death, we very well know that if that was one of us, we already know the place that has been prepared for us. And that is because of our faith in Christ Jesus and what he has done for us. So when we talk about the power of death and the devil and all these things, remember, it's all rooted in the founder of our salvation, Jesus Christ. And there we continue to be in this life of faith, shaped by the victory of the cross, knowing full well that all has been answered for and all is done. Um, And for the picture of the Hebrews, for us, very applicable in a sense where um, what a a joy it is to live. What a joy it is to teach. What a joy it is to be a parent. What a joy it is to be a spouse. What a joy it is to do complicating things like Jeff, right? Uh, um, (laughs) And and Don and Dave, engineers, you know, we know them. So uh, what a joy it is to do all these things in life because we are living on... um, we are living on eternal time, right? Uh, we are living uh, in the paradise that God has already given to us through Jesus Christ, where death has been done and it has been finished. And that is the picture of who we are, right? Um, yeah, Jesus. So anyways, um, remember that this day. I'll keep this handout and, and we'll go to verse 15 next week. But um, yes, uh, Fear of death. I think Christ, I think uh, Paul uh, worded it perfectly, where, where he said, For me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's right. That's right. Talking about it and getting um, death. Yeah. That's right. Let us pray. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Bless us uh, in this one true faith, knowing full well that by your faithfulness, Uh, By your name, Lord, you have given us the object of praise, and that is our salvation. Thank you, O Lord, for eternal life that you have already given to us, for the forgiveness of sins and salvation. Bless us in this faith as you lead us in only Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.